to Roland. Hello there, Andy and Zach, reporting from Andy's backyard on a beautiful day out in the neighborhood, but uh, unfortunately, a sad day for Nashville. Yeah, that was pretty fucked up. Andy, you're you're a new dad. It's got to be one of the worst experiences that a human can go through to lose a child, especially in something as traumatic as uh, something like a school shooting, which, depending on when you're hearing this, the news is is that uh, this morning three kids and three adults uh, were shot in Green Hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, details are kind of sketchy from there. But uh, not to get off on too much of a, a somber tangent, but... Um, it may come as no surprise to anyone, but every, every time there's been um, a shooting, again, like recently, which is pretty often, I keep thinking, this, and this is very morbid, I keep thinking, like, when is Nashville next? Right. Like, there are so many of them. It's just a matter of time and statistics at this point. Yeah. So, um, I'm not surprised, as gross as that sounds and seems, I'm not surprised that it happened. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, no, it's terrifying, really. I mean... So Summer's not in school. She's not in. A day, she's not even in a daycare yet. But it's terrifying to think that one day, like, this is a reality that I'll have to talk to her about. That we'll have to discuss as a family. Like, hey, good luck today. Hope, hope you're safe. Right. And trying to also like instill this idea of safety when I don't know that I fully can at you know certain levels. So. And without getting too political, and by too political, I won't get political, but it's all kind of fucked up, and, um, yeah. yeah. Freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, man, me too. It's, it's wild. I drive past that church, that school. It is a private, mm -hmm. I think, Methodist-based school, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I drive I drive past that church practically every single day on my way to clients, back and forth. Really? Because it's right there in Green Hills. And uh, what's wild is is just by coincidence, um, all of my Green Hills clients are out of town this week, mm. or specifically today, because they're all getting back from a wedding over the weekend. Mm. So I actually didn't even really look at my phone, didn't look at the news, didn't leave my apartment all morning. Mm. And uh, it wasn't until I was in the middle of a afternoon session that I actually got a text from my sister about it. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. So that was, that was pretty wild, pretty wild mm. to think, you know, just a place that you see practically every single day could yeah. be the site of 
one of the worst tragedies that uh, that that could possibly happen. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see like what details come out of it. But uh, you know, we're not going to do anything as a nation about it. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because you know what else I think is kind of some funny serendipity. I think about you know if I try to if I try to see the really really big picture and put myself like five thousand years into the future, mm. certainly five thousand years in the future there won't be any such thing as a school shooting. One would hope. Might not even be anything such thing as schools, for that matter. There might not even be any such thing as humans. But let me let me back up. <laughs> We obviously did a uh, kind of a funny experiment with Chat GPT last week on the mm-hmm. show, and I was actually listening to a podcast with the, I think one of the, the owners or the the head CEOs of the company that developed Chat GPT. You know, they just rolled out with a new version. So I'm listening to a podcast interview with that guy, and it's really kind of opening my mind kind of expanding my mind and I almost think that I almost I almost look at a gun as a technology a Mm. technology that represents a huge leap right you know you you go from you know there's only so many ways to kill or harm another human being for most of human civilization, it's been a pretty equal footing. You'd have to use your hands, right? You know, some sort of some sort of hand-to-hand combat, um, and then the gun comes along, and suddenly the balance of power goes from zero to a hundred when you have one and when you don't have one. Mm-hmm. So then, I think, well. It almost takes another leap in technology to actually control another technology. And I almost think, as kind of creepy as it is to say, because here we start talking about, like, you know, losing privacy in the nanny state and that whole thing, but I almost think that maybe something like an artificial, artificial intelligence, maybe the technology of artificial intelligence might be long-term the only thing that's actually going to keep us all from killing each other one way or the other. Mm. I feel like this is an off-air topic. (laughs) It's also far, I'm also speaking far out of school here. This has nothing to do with fitness. But, you know, just just putting putting pieces together and thinking thinking in long-term thought experiments. Yeah. Going back to the original question, I, I don't know, what am I supposed to do as a parent with a child in school? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't, I can't chaperone my child. I mean, even if I could, statistically speaking, even student resource officers are terrible at protecting kids. Teachers aren't supposed to be protecting kids. They can barely, like, pay their bills. So then, as a society, we choose to equip our classrooms with bulletproof bookcases and bulletproof backpacks. Like, we're not completely fucking insane for, con- like, considering those as, like, a mitigation effort. I don't know. It's all pretty 
fucked up. Jane also thinks we're eating food. I That's know. why she keeps coming up to us. Yes, like she's looking at the microphone. Yeah, she thinks as if it's uh, maybe a an Oreo treat. Yeah, she thinks it's a snack. I was wondering. I was like, "What is she doing?" And it's because you're holding something like you're eating it. Because because I'm holding it up close to my mouth. Yeah. She's like, she's, "Okay, if the human is putting something close to its mouth, it tastes really good." It must be edible. And as a puppy dog, I can eat that. She's just an old lady. She doesn't see very well and she doesn't hear very well. Hell, when you came to the front door, she went barking at your car and walked right by you. <laughs> she saw your car, at least, and that was further away, but she went right by you. Yeah, that, that nearsightedness. Isn't that wild? Sneak, sneaks right by. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, again, obviously wanted to, um, you know, not, uh, not be too somber about it, but it's... It's big news. It's big, tragic news here in Nashville. And um, I think as representatives of this town, I think as, as proud, proud Nashvillians, um, yeah, it, it deserves its, uh, its due, you know, one way or the other. So, yeah, really, really tragic day today. Mm. But we keep on keeping on and we do the best that we can. Mm. Speaking of doing the best that we can, we train, mm-hmm. we eat well. Sometimes. Sometimes we eat well. Sometimes. Some, so sometimes Jane thinks that she's going to eat really well because she's like, look at, look at this snack. That's not a snack. That microphone doesn't smell great. That's not an Oreo. Um... Yeah, so we were talking about nutrition a little bit off air and just how fraught it is with issue because we have to eat every day. We don't Mm -hmm. have to train every day. Mm -hmm. And training is something that is easy to compartmentalize in our lives. Um, Food is not typically something that is so easy to compartmentalize. And as coaches who work with people work with behavior change that oftentimes, you know, sooner or later, usually somebody wants to modify their their diet or their nutrition in one way or the other. I mean, you and I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, e- even, even for ourselves, even if you know everything, even if you're a super duper professional, you know, you go through phases, whether that's bulking up or cutting down or, uh, you know, changing your diet to introduce uh, more or less of a certain macronutrient um it's something that we all have to contend with sooner or later when you have the luxury of so much choice right i think it's important to address this conversation um and acknowledge like a, a sliding scale like we tend to think of nutrition in terms of bulking up and cutting down. And when we say bulking up and cutting down, in our minds we're thinking of the, like the fairly extremes, right? Like putting on some serious size or cutting down to like sub-10% body fat, right? Like that. Right. that's sort of the terms that we as fitness professionals view our nutrition in. Um, 
And knowing how to do those things and do it well and do it in a healthy way, I think, is, is really important. Or, or at least having walked the walk. Um, I don't know that it is necessarily something that all of our general population, either our clients or people who listen to this podcast or people who just enjoy fitness casually, I'm not so sure those extreme ends are... We're talking like we're talking like calculus, like trigonometry, when we should be talking about like basic arithmetic, right? Adding and subtracting, right? Or counting for that matter, right? So the question that so I was having this conversation with a client today, and she really wanted. She's already itty bitty, in my opinion. She's already tiny, but she wanted to lose you know a few pounds, and she'd already lost one pound, and we were talking about it. And you and I have talked about this on the training side. Like, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to forfeit? What are you willing to give up in your lifestyle in order to achieve a specific goal? Like, like, five, like losing 5 or 10 pounds or gaining 10 pounds on your bench press. Like, whatever the endeavor is going to require some effort and some sacrifice. And are you willing or to do that kind of work I think superficially most of us say yes like oh yeah like oh I can add 10 hell I can add 20 pounds to my bench press in a month or two or whatever or I can lose 10 or 20 pounds in a month fuck yeah like I'm all about that but when it comes down to like rubber hitting the road like are you really willing to do what it takes to gain and I should sidestep what I just said to in a healthy and safe way achieve those goals and if not that's fine but like that's that's the conversation we're having it's not hey zach you should not have a glass of wine every single night of the week like duh it's why do you feel like you need to have a glass or why do you want to have a glass of wine every night of the week what's right. what's the circumstances what's the environment what's going on right now are you, are you drinking wine because you're stressed? Are you drinking wine? And in this particular case, she was drinking wine because it's a way to wind down with her husband. Now, in the health and fitness side of me, I could be like, well, you know, there are probably healthier and more sustainable ways of winding. Maybe we could try hot tea. But, like, if given a, a beer or a hot tea, I'm going to take the beer, personally. So we have to get down to the matter of what's going, like with nutrition, we have to understand like what's going on mentally and emotionally around these things and what would it take to forfeit this or that in order to achieve some, you know, arbitrary fitness goal. Right. Right. Yeah. Food is, pardon the pun, baked into our environment. Hmm. We talk about the people who we surround ourselves with. That's part of our environment, our, our jobs, our day-to-day schedule, where we live, the weather, obviously, the nature of our work, the nature of your hobbies. What kind of ecosystem are you, are you existing in? You know, it's like, you know, there's, there's the old saying, you're the average of the five people that you hang around with most right well you're also the average of those people plus like every other input that goes into your environment Mm. 
So show me your environment. I'll, I'll show you who you are. And food is a huge part of our daily environment. Right? It's, it's, it's baked into everything. I mean, probably 95% of us wake up and we have coffee. Mm-hmm. Right? So already that is, that is part of, of your environment. It affects your circadian rhythm. It affects your psychology, no doubt, your motivation for getting out of bed, maybe. And then that's just maybe one domino in a series of dozens of little steps of little dominoes that creep up every single day in the average person's life. Mm -hmm. So some of those dominoes are easy to substitute. Most of them aren't. As humans in general don't want to change, or I shouldn't say don't want to. It's 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 hard to change because if it's if something's working for you, you're only doing something because something is working for you. Right. One way or the other. You know, that's that's one of these weird kind of hard conversations that. You know, sometimes you have to have around, you know, people with addiction problems or behavioral issues that seem, you know, very irrational. Mm-hmm. Well, they're getting something out of it. Whether it's healthy for you in the long term or not, that's obviously another conversation. But everything we do, we're doing it because we're getting something out of it. And if you want to change something, you have to, uh, I think the smart way to do it is you have to identify what it is that someone is getting out of something and then see how you can implement a substitution, a change. Uh, and that's obviously easier said than done. Because right. if it was easy, there would be no such thing as a quote-unquote diet industry. Right. I was thinking of two things that we can try to talk about. The first is going back to this client of mine we were talking about having that glass of wine and she only has like one glass. Well, she's, she's like me where if you start with one, you're probably going to have two or three. So for me, I don't have one at all. Cause if I have one, I want two or three. So I have zero right. cause just to cascade after that. Um, so that's how I handle my alcohol intake during the week. Um, and then I indulge on the weekends. So I at least eliminate, you know, alcohol intake Monday through or excuse me, Sunday through Thursday for the most part, maybe a beer or two, like on the patio here. But instead of saying, hey, you know, client, quit drinking out like wine every single night of the week. I was like, what if instead of like that, that might be. But and she and she actually conceded. She's like, why not both? I was like, why not? Let's let's have a big walk every single day of the week. The weather's gotten nicer. Going outside for a walk is a lot easier than it was about a month ago. So I was like, instead of saying, hey, don't drink the wine, maybe we can tackle that. Why don't we just add a big walk in every day? Because they're, you know, you're outside, getting fresh air, you're getting your steps in, you're less likely to snack because you're not at the house, so on and so forth. So instead of attacking the one thing right now and saying, don't drink wine, why don't we say, all right, well, keep the glass of wine for now, but let's just add in a 30-minute walk every day because she wasn't doing that previously. So was, let's, do, let's do that first. That's pretty easy. That's pretty tangible. I can manage that. Let's do that. And then she countered. She's like, why not both? And I was like, well, that'd be great. 
but let's start with one thing at a time. So, in other words, this whole idea of like water runs downhill, instead of creating an extra barrier of, hey, you can't drink the wine with your husband, just do, just add in the activity. Hey, right. You're technically on our podcast right now. She's still asleep, so you can just hear us, listen to us banter for a minute. My wife has joined the conversation, sort of. Megan has entered the chat. Entered the chat. Yeah, yeah, she's still down for a nap, so just listen. Um, so, anyway, I wanted to talk about two things. The first being, like, this sort of water runs downhill idea. So instead of jamming you up and being like, you can't drink wine ever... Like, let's flow with that. Let's see what we can do to work around that a little bit, to, to give you a little bit of leeway with your nutrition. So there's that. And then what you brought up off air about wanting those quick fixes, looking for those quick fixes. Um, I, I wanted to touch on that a little bit too. Looking for those quick fixes. Yeah. For, technically, my quick fix for this client today was, I just want you to go for a walk every day. Mm-hmm. Like, don't cut out the wine just yet, but let's see if we can add a walk in every day or every other day. Yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother strategy or that's a whole nother conversation is this idea of addition versus subtraction. Right. You know, and yeah, going back to that math analogy, subtraction rarely works. Like telling people to stop doing something. Right. Period. Rarely works. But to do something else or to do something in addition to is gives you at least somewhat of a statistically better shot at implementing some sort of change. Well, and you and I have talked about this before. The sheer amount of people who are willing to, like, I've had, client, I've had a client. I saw him today. I hadn't seen him in a while. He wants to do, like, two-day workouts. Because instead of, like, eliminating something in his nutrition he would rather work out twice in a day the sheer number of people i would i would say most people if you told them like work out twice a day and you can have your glass of wine they'd be like all right i can i'll do that (laughs) i think you're probably right especially when you consider i mean certainly everybody's busy we all have our responsibilities and whatnot Especially if you consider, like, if someone doesn't have anything better to do right. with their day than to do another workout, and then that, quote-unquote, gives them the credit or the freedom to indulge in a way that they really, really want to. Yeah, yeah, that obviously, that obviously makes sense. Now, how sustainable is that? Because then, like, okay, the pain of two workouts probably starts to exceed the pleasure of, like, the one glass of wine, so maybe right. that math starts getting a little a little fuzzy. But yeah, I mean if you've if you're super duper engaged from sun up to sundown in whatever it is that you're doing, your career, your hobbies, your family, etc. You know, if if you're really if you're really conscious about it, conscientious about it, well, you lay it all out in paper and you're like, okay, it it makes more sense for me to uh, exercise some amount of willpower to just not have to play these games with myself of right. having to fit in, in this case, like a whole extra workout just so I can do this other thing. Right. 
I mean, it's the same thing, like, you know, like work. You could, you could maybe take Adderall and work 16, 17 hours a day. If you got, you know, like, let's say paid by the hour or, sure. you know, whatever your case may be. It's like, you know, but why aren't we out driving Uber? Why aren't we out doing a second side hustle? Because it's not worth it. Right. Like, like the money versus the time and the effort and the inconvenience is not worth it. And right. so it's all these micro math equations or, or value judgments that we're making all the time. Hmm. And again, food is a huge part of that, that daily equation. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I laugh with my clients because everybody knows what they ought to be doing. Like, eat more protein and vegetables and go to bed and drink more water and go for walks. Like everyone knows all the nuts and bolts basics, but like getting them to make changes is like pulling teeth. And so it goes back to this question of, um, again, you and I tend to think of nutrition in terms of like bulking or cutting down to like sub 10% body fat for men. And I guess sub what 15, 16% for women, something like sub 20 the extreme ends. Most people, most of our general population clients and most people that we interact with don't, are never going to pursue those extremes. And that's fine. But that middle ground, that sliding scale of like, you know, if someone wants to, unless we're talking about someone who is like obese and needs to lose for their health, needs to lose like 30 or 40 pounds. If we're talking about anywhere between 5 and 20 pounds, like we're talking about some changes in lifestyle and is it worth is it worth it like again going back to this client um lisa you know lisa lisa has a glass of wine to wind down with her husband every single night it's not to me as far as i can tell it's not like a coping mechanism it's just like a quiet time that she gets to enjoy with her husband so if i was like lisa yeah, but you really want to lose five pounds. You should stop having that glass of wine with your husband. Like, it is forfeiting that time in that environment with her husband worth the five pounds that she wants to lose? Right. And I don't, that's a question that she has to answer, but it's a question that I'll ask. Like, I get it. Like, you want to lose five pounds. That sounds great. I want to lose another 10 pounds. But there are days, like, now that the weather's warmer, I'll sit on this, we sit on this patio, like, all weekend, and I'll sit on this patio and I'll be like, I want a beer and chips and salsa and I just want to kick it and hang out with my family. Like will six pack visible abs make me feel as good as that beer and those chips and salsa in the time of my family taste? Probably not. Yeah. So, so I have this, my own version of this where it's like, what am I willing to sacrifice or what am I willing to do to achieve this goal well, um, it's that it's that old meme, you know, that we've seen a million times, which is, yeah, having a six pack is great, but have you tried birthday cake? Yeah. Or you know, fill in the blank right. with with anything. And there are some obvious lines in the sand to draw, but you know, like for example, a beer or three versus four to seven. Or, or even you know? be a beer or three every single day versus, yeah. you know, on the weekends only. And, you know, if pe- some people, do, I mean, you work with enough people. I'm sure you've seen 
a fair share of this yourself. Some people just have like kind of extreme personalities. Where right, like all or none. Yeah, yeah. So I mean like I totally relate to this idea that you're saying where it's like I one beer just doesn't do it. Right. Three is like perfect. Right, right. <laughs> you know? But there are some people who are like three beers does not do it. Nine or ten right. has to be, you know, on the menu. Right. Uh, and there are some people who are just kind of like wired like that, who are just kind of wired hot, so to speak. And, and those are always fun projects, you know? Well, and, and I'm honest with my clients. Like, you know, they, they'll sometimes joke, they're like, oh, you must love, like, you must love chicken and broccoli and rice. And, and I do. But I love cheeseburgers. And I love pizza. And I love Doritos. And... You know, my, one of my favorite, my, my favorite thing to do in the summertime, absolute favorite thing to do is float the river. I don't float the river with a salad in water. I float the river with Doritos and deli meat and beer, like, ton, like a lot of beer. Oh, I know. It's, it's my favorite thing to do. And so I, I try to reassure them that I, like the only reason that I eat the way that I do and train the way that I do is that I've worked pretty hard to build an environment that's conducive for that or that I don't keep alcohol in the house or I don't keep Doritos in the house because I will drink the alcohol. I will eat the Doritos. It's not like they can exist. And I'm like, nah, I got chest day tomorrow. I can't be eating Doritos. You know, I fucking love Doritos. Doritos rock. But I think having an honest conversation with my clients, it's like, look, I get it. I, I'm there. I'm right there with you. I get it 100%. Here are some things that we can try from a strategy perspective and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, we'll find another strategy. But this all or none, can't have wine with your significant other or your partner late at night. Like, I, I, it's just not a strategy. It, it, it's unlike training. Like we talked about off-air, training is mechanical. You show up, you put in the work, you leave. Nutrition and alcohol have much more of a cultural and emotional and mental sort of uh, influence that's hard to pull apart. So you can't just very simply be like, hey, Zach, just don't eat pizza and don't drink beer. That'll be $150 for my coaching (laughs) service, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there's, there's another... There's another, there's a, a slightly different conversation, like I was telling you about one of, one of my clients who actually had, a few years ago, had part of her large intestine removed mm-hmm. and kind of really threw her whole diet, you know, kind of all up in the air, as you can imagine. There's a lot of stuff she can't eat. Um, she's, she's doing a lot, a lot better these days, but she's one of these people who really doesn't eat much all day because like us she does client work in-person work Mm -hmm. all day and so she doesn't really have too keen of a uh a skeptical side to her a cynical side so if somebody comes up and is like selling some sort of nutritional supplement protein shake Mm. it sounds like a good idea she'll drop hundreds and hundreds of bucks right to get on the plan Mm. you know and then when that doesn't work three or four months later 
She'll go find the next guy who's shilling out this protein drink, mm. and she'll sign up for that, another few hundred dollars out of your pocket. And so it's not necessarily that she's like fad dieting, so to speak, as much as she's trying to find a solution and is kind of not looking in the right places. She's kind of just falling for one GNC shill after the next. Mm. Um, so that's that's kind of another, I think, tricky thing that a lot of people kind of fall into. Like, I think she has good general overall nutritional habits, but then, you know, between between work and... Are those are those hawks? Those what are crows? Crows. Yeah. Well, let's, um, we got, there's a murder of crows over there. It sure is. <laughs> okay. It's it's going down. It's going down next door. So much nature going on out here. Dude, really? I I hope hope all this nature sound is coming through on the podcast. But all that to say, um, that's another thing that a lot of people fall into are like these supplement schemes. Schemes and scams. You know, um, it's. I think it's easy for us on this side of it because we've been doing this so long that we can we can see uh, charlatans and stuff from a mile away. Yeah. However, just in the nutrition and fitness arena, I, I think in nutrition and fitness, it's always interesting just to see what kind of pops up. I am always a very late adopter to almost anything in fitness. Um, so, but, but there are other parts of my life where, uh, I have been like this person just because in fitness and nutrition, I, I'm not the first person to jump on some new fad or whatever. Looking for a quick fix doesn't mean that I don't look for these things in other parts of my life. For example, I was going to say, I can see you like dropping dime on some Toyota accessories example, that like don't make any sense. The, I was laughing about this today. Um, Yes, I like to work on on my cars, and I do try to, you know, I have older cars, and they need maintenance, so spark plugs, and wires, and fuel filters, and air filters, and injectors, and fuel treatments, and yada, yada, yada. Anything to try to try to squeak out a little bit extra gas mileage on my lifted two-ton SUV on 33-inch tires. Now that is a great metaphor right for like the human body the i used to i didn't really pay attention when other guys would say this and i'd be on all these groups and they're like oh we'll try this you know fuel additive or try cleaning your injectors or replacing your injectors or cleaning your mass airflow sensor yada yada all these i've done all these things and you know what the best um mod is for improving gas mileage what's that the driver mod don't basically where you don't drive like an asshole and you can (laughs) the best mod you can possibly do is the driver mod and i laugh about it now because i do you know you think about all these things that you and and what's funny is some of these things are not inexpensive. They're they're some of them are very expensive fix fixes. I'm putting air quotes in fixes because sometimes what you're fixing isn't broken. So don't mm. don't be dropping money on things that aren't broken. Right. So it's same with fitness and nutrition. If it's right. not broken, don't try to fix it. And especially even if 
it did fix an underlying issue by, let's say, 5%. If the treatment or if the intervention cost me $500, it's going to take so much time to recuperate that cost in savings, right? Yeah. So the best <laughs> thing that I can do if I want to improve my fuel mileage in my giant lifted 23-year-old piece of shit is to not drive like an asshole. Mm. Be a little bit more light-footed on the pedal. So I think it's an interesting kind of analogy because, again, I've done, I've done the same thing, just not in the fitness and nutrition realm. I've done it all. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect comparison. My, fa- my favorite part is... And I was thinking about this today because I was checking my odometer. Is that for every single one of those things that I've done, I have never, ever, never garnered additional like miles per gallon benefit. Not once. Not even a little bit. Not even like 1%. So that's the best part about it is all of those things that I've ever done, I fixed things that didn't need to be fixed and I gained nothing. So... Back to fitness and nutrition. You can drop a lot of coin on these quick fixes. But if all you're doing is being an asshole behind the wheel anyway, I don't think it's going to matter much. Drop the mic, Andy Van. <laughs> drop the mic. What is it What is it that we said that we would uh, grow and sell for a scam? Peruvian blueberries? Yeah. Yeah. And we need to get on our Peruvian listen, blueberries. Listen, the secret is what you need. What you need. Are you these. need is the Peruvian blueberry. Yeah. Our unique proprietary blend. Yeah. Let's get to a proprietary in front of everything. Proprietary Peruvian blend will yeah. get you set up on an auto renew yep. every month. Yeah. $3.99, delivered to your door. Cancel any time. Yeah. Just call our customer support line. Cancel yeah. anytime. Well, you can't. You can cancel, but you shouldn't, because then it's gonna stop working. That's right. You can't have that. You wouldn't want that. And the withdrawals off the Peruvian blueberries is not pretty. <laughs> not pretty. You want to stay on it. I, I think that's my favorite part about coaching nutrition is I don't have any, these quick fixes for people. I'm like, and I tell them, I'm like, look, I'm not gonna sell you a supplement. Or some proprietary blend. <laughs> I don't have it. What I have is strategies and real life shit. If you want to drink wine and eat cheeseburgers, that's great. Let's do that. But like, let's find a way that it fits in your lifestyle and with your goals. But it's not going to be some weird, you know, supplement intervention. A 21-day blueberry Peruvian proprietary Peruvian blueberry cleanse. We're hitting all the buzzwords. <laughs> we really should. We would. We'd be good at it. The detoxifying Peruvian yeah. blueberry twenty-one day cleanse. Where's David Wolf when we need him? Hopefully, he's a fan of the show. He'll be yep. reaching out. Yeah. Hey, at the end of the day, the driver mod is the only one you can count on. <laughs> This has been the A to Z No BS Show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.